Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We continue on with our Enneagram series. We love the Enneagram. My wife and I love it. We're big fans of it here at Stay Forth Designs. And this is just an opportunity to dig a little bit deeper in this. Maybe you've heard about the Enneagram. Maybe this is an introduction to these numbers for you. Maybe you have been deep diving in it for a long time and you feel like an expert yourself. I think you're going to learn something. And we specifically say, how does your wiring impact how you lead, how you live, how you are motivated. And we even talk about soul care. What are the opportunities for soul care? What are some of the barriers that we have? I bring in some coaching insights on how the Enneagram has impacted coaching. And I think there's some pretty fascinating stuff in here. My wife's incredible. Uh, Of course, I'm biased, but we have an awesome conversation about this. Uh, And so today we are talking about the head center. Now, these are sevens, sixes, and fives. The head center, seven, sixes, and fives, also referred to as the anxiety center. These three intelligence centers, we are covering three numbers per podcast for these three. And the first one was an intro. So make sure if you are newbie to the Enneagram, you go back and you listen to that intro. These are long conversations, but guys, I think they're really good. This has deeply impacted my leadership, our team, and many of the people that I get to coach. So enjoy, sit back, relax, of course, grab your cup of coffee, and let's dig in to the head center numbers five, six, and seven. Julie, Alan, thank you guys so much for helping us understand this incredible tool. I love, and you've helped me develop a real love for the Enneagram. I'm excited today. We're going to dive into the head center. Um, So the second of the triads, at least the way we're organizing the triads, we started with the heart center. Now we're going to take a deep dive into the head center, and then we'll wrap things up a little later on uh, with the gut center. So today's Enneagrams are numbers five, six, and seven. Before we dive into today's head center triad, I got to address something. It's snowing in Colorado Springs on September the 9th. So you guys aren't even quite into fall yet. I guess technically it's fall because Starbucks has got pumpkin spice lattes out. But hey, what's going on in Colorado Springs and how are you guys handling the snow in the summer? <laughs> Yeah, um, I blame Costco for putting out the Christmas supplies. Ah, so. yes. That's yeah. ridiculous. I, <laughs> I'm honoring you today. I'm actually drinking tea. So no awesome. coffee right now in the moment. I've got tea. Uh, <laughs> it's it's warm inside here. It's, it's unbelievable. And we just went ahead and skipped through the fall. And here we are in the winter. So I, it's all kinds of messed up. It's 2020, man. Why not in Why 2020? Not? <laughs> but you know, it'll be, you know, it's 33 degrees today. It'll be 75 tomorrow. So, yeah, you know, it's just yeah. par for the course in Colorado. It is classic Colorado Springs. I would tell my friends all the time, Hey, we'll, we'll get a foot of snow. And the next day I'll be out riding Come my on. bike. Cause it'll be melted by, you know, you know, lunchtime or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, listen, we digress a little bit, but man, so good to dive into the head center. Julie, would you mind just giving us a quick overview of this triad and why is it even called the head center to begin with? Why do they describe it that way? Sure. Yeah. So our head center friends, um, they are our five, sixes and sevens on the Enneagram. Um, really what our head center types do is they will, as we mentioned before, every type uses all three of their centers, you know, head, heart, and gut. 
Um, but one that we go to first. So our head center types, they really live in their mind. Um, They filter life through their head and that's where they feel safest or that's where they go to combat, you know, when they don't feel safe. And so really going to the heart or the gut um, happens secondarily. Uh, So the head is where they live. These types are really kind of asking the question, am I safe? How will I survive? Do I have what I need? Kind of, we talked about the heart center. People are asking about, you know, who sees me? Am I connected? Am I important? And our head center types are um, wanting to ensure survival, right? They want to know that they're supported, that they're safe. Um, And, and you don't always see that super clearly in each of the types. Like sometimes that surprises you, but when you strip back the layers, that really is, you know, kind of the core there. So Our head center types are usually living in the future. They're always thinking about things. They're thinking about um, possibilities, potential. It looks different according to the number of like what they're doing in their head. If they're collecting yeah. information, if they're you know planning for options for things to happen, if they're um, forward looking and planning for adventure or fun or distraction. Um, but they're all living in their head and using feel most comfortable in that space. Um, our head center types care a lot about wisdom and knowledge. They want to know things. Um, again, we all do, but that feels very important to them. Um, and so because of that, they can have a hard time quieting their mind. There's usually a ton going on. Um, so thinking about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Last, uh, last time we talked about how the heart center type has a special battle with shame or grief. Yeah. Well, our head center types, their battle is going to be with fear. Okay. And that looks different, um, you know, according to your, your number. But for example, I'd say our fives are going to collect information to combat fear. They want to understand, yeah. okay, what's happening? Why is this happening? Um, our sixes are going to be scanning the horizon for what could go wrong. They're going to be either charging into fear to prove that they can get to the other side or running away from fear. Um, yeah. And our sevens, are really usually this surprises sevens to hear that there is an underlying battle with fear because they're so um, positive and forward moving, but really yep. they're, they're chasing adventure in the next big thing yeah. in order to, it's kind of like, yeah, running yep. and running away from their fear. I don't have to think yeah. about that or address that. If I keep my eyes focused <laughs> on what is yeah. ahead of me, that's awesome. That's going to be, you know, fun or meaningful. Yeah. So it looks I'm different laughing. for each of them. I'm laughing, yeah. Julie, because I have I have some seven tendencies, mm-hmm. um, is what I would refer to them as. And um, and I can see like fear of missing out mm-hmm. is the reason you're driven it's towards real. yeah, it's that's why you're driven to go check out every taco truck in town, maybe. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. That, that's um, just an example. May or may just not be a one thing. example. <laughs> like it could be true <laughs> over across the pond. Exactly. Like somebody, there may be a taco truck out there that other people have experienced and I have not. So that's that's a great example. (laughs) So we'll get to taco trucks. I'm sure when we get to the seven. Um, But yeah, I, I actually, the person I work closely closest with um, in a uh, work setting is a six on the Enneagram and she and I laugh like all the time. Because she'll, she actually mentioned to me just two days ago, she's like, I was walking down the street, life was fantastic. And I was thinking, man, God has been so good to me. And I've got all these things going on. 
they literally step up to the curb to cross the street. And she immediately thinks, oh my goodness, my husband could get hit by a truck. Like it literally changed her day. And she was like panicking out of fear um, to try and keep him away from the curb. And we laugh about it, but that is a classic six who just lives with worst case scenarios all the time. So I can only imagine a global pandemic right now is just horrible for a six currently. That that would be a huge challenge. So Well, yeah. and kind of horrible for all of us, but for very different reasons. Reasons, yes. Right? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's almost That's a like great the, point. the yeah. pandemic in your Enneagram number, because, you know, we're essentially all of us living out of stress in some yes. sense right now, all yep. of us missing out on certain things right now and yes. fearful of different things. But also we live in a culture of fear where fear is just spinning everywhere. The media is literally spinning everything up with fear. Yep. And so, yep. um, man, I, I can imagine just right now, extra layers at least added onto the six. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Julie, dive into, let's dive into five, unless you, you, did you have something else in the overview you wanted to cover? No, we're good. Let's go to five. Sounds good. Yeah. So So, tell us what are they, what are they like in general? And then I'd love to know these, these key areas that we're focusing on of marriage, you know, relationship stuff, and then achieving goals and soul care. Um, Yeah. Let us, let us know what are they like in general? So our fives are often called the observers or the investigators. Um, So a couple uh, generic things about them, their essential qualities are really clarity, knowledge, wisdom, right? They um, definitely live in their heads. That's where they feel the most comfortable. Their superpower is really precise thinking. They're able to kind of remove themselves from a situation and just think about something with clarity, whereas a lot of us will get overly involved in something emotionally and that we have a hard time making a decision, but Mm -hmm. they're, they're really good at being kind of neutral and coming to a decision with logic. So, you know, that's helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We need them to build our buildings. Like we need them to like build mm -hmm. bridges and things and design things that that need lots of, yeah, need lots of clarity so we don't fall apart. So that's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, their basic fear is really about um, being ignorant, being incompetent, not having access to real and true knowledge. Yeah. And their basic desire is they really just want to understand things. They want to be competent. They want to know um, not just that things work, but why things work, how yes. they work, yeah. right? To really own that knowledge. Yeah. They want to have that um, clarity. And like I said, really to just be competent. And part of that is not looking foolish, right? Yeah. They, they want to be on top of their game, um, and know what they're doing. So these would, these would have been the people that had like the yearly subscription to Encyclopedia Britannica. And when the internet came along, oh, yeah. it solved all their problems. They're you like, never I saw can, them again. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube is like their greatest friend. They're like, I, I can tell you exactly how this thing works. I YouTube you can figure out learned. anything. Exactly. <laughs> if, so if the video, if the source of the video is credible, you know, yes, it's just some right. joker. They're like, I, I know more than this guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's good and then um, they then they need a three to come along and help them put a video together so that they can put their stuff out there yes there you go <laughs> it's all about teamwork yeah um our our emotional drive or our vice for the five is uh something called avarice now uh-huh. this is talking about a sense of greed 
but this is not so much a greed of like, I'm of not having a generous spirit. It's the sense of fives really crave and value their own independence. And because of that, they don't want to have to be dependent on other people. And so because of that, they are stingy with how they spend their time, right? How they spend their energy, uh, their resources, right? They want to make sure that they are fully capable of taking care of themselves. Um, And a big part of that is because they only have a certain amount of energy for each day. You know, when it's gone, it's gone. So they're very protective of how they use their energy. Yeah, yeah. They want to be wise with it. I am now thinking through, um, Julia, an employee that I had on staff at a church who was in kind of an executive pastor role, which I believe, you know, now as I'm listening, I'm like, man, sounds a lot like a five. And one of the things we leaned into was he had really good boundaries when it came to things like work and making sure that he allocated his energy levels and time for the things that mattered most. And so we actually leaned in and we're like, man, this is something you guard like crazy. Mm -hmm. And I I think it has a lot to do now as I'm listening to the Enneagram type um, because of, you know, not just his guarding of boundaries, but also the way he thought and so on and some of his fears. Um, But man, they are, uh, from my experience, they're really good at knowing, hey, my time is limited, so I must limit what I do with my time. Yeah. And, and a lot of that it's, is just about survival. Like yeah. they, they know what their inner resources are and they won't be any good to anybody if they yeah. overextend. And so, yeah. and also because they're more, they tend to live more in the logical space than in the emotional space, they're going to be less likely to get pulled into, you know, emotional reasons to forego their boundaries, right? Yes. Like, oh, but yeah. I just, but this is, I just, you know, this heartfelt, I need this. Can you please do this? Yeah. I cannot. I've, yeah. I've done what I said I was going to do for the day. Yes. So we can pick yes. it back up tomorrow. And it doesn't mean that they are heartless. It means they're good at protecting their boundaries because yes. they know logically, I'm not going to be any good to you. Let's do this tomorrow. Yeah. Right. So good. So good. Yeah. So Super our helpful. fives. Yeah, they um, they really, like I mentioned before, they really want to understand why things are the way they are. So yeah. a five doesn't want to just know, you know, a gas makes the car run. They want to know, okay, why? Like, what is it? You know, what are the chemical compounds? Like, how is this actually moving inside of the car? It's like, yeah. you could have you can have fives that look like information gatherers in the sense of big readers. Some, yes. many are big readers. When, when you're watching them on zoom videos, they have the bookshelves in the background with like <laughs> 5,000 books on there. They've probably read them all, um, but it doesn't necessarily, they're not limited to that. Not all yeah. fives are huge readers. It's just how do they get their information? Some of them yeah. are um, taking things apart and figuring out how they work and then putting them back together. Right. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. They like to have a, a space where they can go to withdrawal when they feel depleted. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is different than just being an introvert. Like any number yeah. can be an introvert. Introverted, yeah. Um, but fives are just, they're just very careful about how they expend their energy. And they like to, you know, use their downtime to withdrawal, be a little bit more isolated and, you know, collect information to, to understand the world. So like this would be an example. You can't get anything out of, a five maybe that you know you're sitting around and they're not sharing much or their heads in their phone or or in a book or something. But then as soon as you trigger something that they are fascinated by, 
Um, yes. Literally a five is telling me how his pool filters stuff out, why the filter works the way that it does. You can't get them to talk about the things we deeply care about. Hey, we're talking here, bud. Yeah. And then the moment we talk about pool filters, I mean, yes. it is on. Yes. to the level I'm like, I stopped carrying seven Yeah, because it's not necessarily yeah. shyness. It's, yeah. Some fives can have a hard time in certain social interactions because there's just so many cues to be picking up on, right? If you're in a social interaction with many people, yeah. and because they can retreat to their head because that's where they feel most comfortable and at home, you know, certain social interactions can feel very exhausting to them. Yeah, but yeah. But again, it's not necessarily shyness. It's once you bring up a topic that they care about, that they're interested in, that they know a ton about, yes. yeah. like Alan said, they can talk for hours. Game on, yeah. whether you want it or not. And Alan, all you care about is that that filter's working so we can ride the, the mountain bike off right. the roof so true. into the pool and exactly. put all of that on video. So that would be Please. so cool. Just figure it out. And that's, <laughs> we want to have some fun. And We're I don't doing really bombs. care about that. Right? That's, right. that's why we all need each other, right? Because yeah, we some do. of us just want to swim in the pool, but that's we couldn't right. yeah. do it without the people who actually know how and why it works. Yeah. That's right. And the mountain bike riding off the roof of the alfresco area into Sevens. the pool right. may or may not have happened at our home a few months ago with one of nice. the sevens in our home. I'm I, nice. I'm thinking he may Don't be a seven. It. So awesome. Awesome. So, so Alan, you bring up a good point, and Julie, you've you've talked about this a little bit already. Is okay, so relationally then. And maybe not just in the workplace or in, you know, at the coffee shop when all of a sudden the pool filter, you know, sparks their interest. What are the things they're going to pay attention to or need to pay attention to? And then how how do we need to pay attention to if we're not a five married to yeah. one or working with one or even not just working, but friends yeah. with one? I, I'd say what's really important is to think about energy levels. And, uh -huh. you know, I think a, a wise or healthy five, uh, yes. and I know several of them, but what I'm thinking of he needs his energy all day. He works with people in a people vocation. And so he needs the routine. He needs the exact same structure each morning so that he has enough energy in the tank to get through the day. Now, I don't think yeah. he could have told you that maybe before the Enneagram, but sure. it gives language to that saying, I needed to store up so that I could have enough so I could be faithful to do what I'm called to do, which actually involves giving a lot through people. But yes. then they say that it costs them more than any other number to show up, to show up relationally, yeah. especially if they're tired, especially if they feel like they've given, um, yeah. that may be an act of sacrifice for them relationally. So again, boundaries yeah. are huge yeah. and energy yeah. levels are huge for them to, to keep on top of. Yeah. So we can support them in a sense, either in a workplace relationship or even a marriage relationship by really honoring their routines and boundaries, honoring them, and then appreciating when they go into that mode of sacrificing by showing up relationship relationally, even yeah. though they've served all day, that's a huge thing they need to be appreciated for. Yeah. Cause it, cause it really does have to go both ways, right? Like fives need to have people in their life who understand and honor the fact that they maybe don't have the same energy level or they're not yeah. going to want to stay all night at the party, right? Like make an <laughs> appearance, but then, <laughs> You know, Let's go. You maybe drive two cars, right? Yeah. And then the social one can stay all night and the five can yeah. mingle for the hour and then sneak yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and and to it can be hard when one person in the relationship has a very different energy level than the other person in the relationship, right? But yeah. knowing that and knowing that it's not a character flaw, it's just 
I say this all the time. It's just difference in hardwiring. Yeah. So being able to honor that. And then the five can can push themselves to show up a little bit more. Again, when it feels safer to stay in the logical brain space, yeah. relationships cannot be fully done in logical brain space. Relationships yeah. are emotional, right? Yeah. You, you have to go into your heart. Um, and fives can do that. And they can do that really well. And they can be amazing partners and friends and really go to that emotional space with people. Um, so thank you, recognizing and thanking them for that. And then also honoring their need to be able to withdraw um, and isolate so that they can come back and, and not like springing things on them. A bunch of big surprises. What do you think about this? Tell me right now. You know, yeah. I want to go do that. Like let give them time to figure things out, um, to stay within their patterns and it'll yeah. really help both sides and they want to be yeah. competent so yes you know i used to lead staff meetings and it was unfair to certain personality types i would just throw out a question hey let's think about this well <laughs> what would have been smart would have been to throw out the agenda here's yes. the question and i want you to come prepared not only do you yeah. get a better answer but it's just not fair to them you call on them they don't feel competent Yep. then they feel exposed. So yeah. this gives language to so, sort of some of my poor leadership blunders. And I go, oh, I'm going to change how I do that <laughs> yeah. and make it fair and set yeah. it up, especially for the fives. You give them time, they're going to bring the best answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that agenda, that agenda ahead of time means you'd have to forego the bike into the pool, which is problematic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's so many issues here with these numbers. <laughs> so many sacrifices. I'm glad, I'm glad you see that, Perko. <laughs> but really also like when our, because our fives are really good at, um, you know, listening and then communicating ideas, understanding how things work and communicating ideas. Yeah. Um, when they present you with something, whether that be in a work setting or in a relational setting or whatever, um, they're going to come to you with an already like fully formed, put together idea. Yes. Um, and when when there's too much pushback on it, the thought is almost, you know, if you're like, well, are you sure? What do you think about this? Have you thought about this? The the reply from them is almost I would not have brought this to you unless I felt very confident that this yeah. was good idea, a good way yeah. to go. Yeah. You know, they're so not kind of trusting us. They're yeah. not spitballing there. No. It is a they've, fully formed idea. They've thought through every angle as well. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you might challenge it, having thought about it for all of 90 seconds, could be a little right. bit offensive in some ways that you would push back. And they're like, mate, I've thought about every sure. scenario. And you've had this in, in your mind for 30 seconds and you're already kind of, yeah. I right. And that. it doesn't mean that they aren't open to back and forth, right? Just talking yes. about ideas, going back and forth, hearing other people's, you know, thoughts and opinions, but it's just, they're typically going to have some work that they've already done on something before yes. they feel comfortable coming forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I have a friend of mine now that I'm um, listening to this and he was the guy that anytime I was making a significant purchase, I would just run it yes. by him. I would say, hey, he I'm thinking about, you, huh? oh, he would come back with spreadsheets, yes. of cost, cost analysis and yeah. all sorts of pros and cons. And I would lean into him because he was, and especially in the technology space, he was a, he's a computer programmer. So it's all right now, it's all coming to me. Logic, he's a deep yes. thinker and, and he made, just developed incredible apps but I would lean in. And so that may even be a thing in the workplace to say, 
this might not be in this person's necessarily department or some area, but lean into their strength. Even if it's in some other department, say, hey, mm-hmm. we got somebody on the team that just kills it in this area of anal- analysis and, and so on and ask them for support and help when you're making decisions and things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. So talk to us then. I can imagine there would be some incredible strengths of theirs in achieving goals but then there may even be some things that because they're having to overthink or overanalyze might hold them back from even launching possibly. I, I don't know. I'm Talk to us about some of the challenges for a five in achieving goals and mm-hmm. some of the things that they should lean into as a strength. I'd say a few of the things that I would remind our five friends is to really trust your analytical nature, right? You feel safe there. You feel at home there. But don't get, um, don't like hide behind your research, right? Yes. Come out and be a part of sharing what you know with the world. Um, and also just taking some risks sometimes. Because fives don't like to look foolish, they want to be very competent in all that they do. Taking risks is hard because yes. sometimes you do look the fool if something doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. If it doesn't happen the way you anticipated it would. But being okay with that, pressing forward, knowing that that's part of the growth process. And sometimes we have to do that stuff in front of people. We can't always work it all out in our minds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fives typically, and again, everybody is still their own unique individual. So if somebody is identifying as a five and they say, "Mm, only about 70 percent of what Julie said resonates with me, that's fine. We're all yeah. still our own unique individuals. I would yeah. say typically fives prefer to work alone, right? Because they want to have the control over figuring things out. But if yeah. you've got big goals, if you've got big projects, finding somebody that you can trust to to share the load mm-hmm. um, is huge. Yeah. Okay. That's great, oh, and that's it means good. you know giving up some of that some of that control. But um, also, yeah, I would just say th- those are the big ones. Like they're good at making goals. They're good at the hard work it takes to figure things out, but occasionally remembering to take risks, even if they risk looking incompetent uh, or making a mistake and to pull other people in, right? To, yeah. to invite others into their, you know, kind of process of yeah. achieving things and building things. Alan, from a coaching perspective, any classic coaching tips that you would go to for a five if you're working with a leader that's a five? Yeah, obviously boundaries in one sense, but boundaries can become the weakness as well. So I would say probably start with really dialing in your routine to make sure in their rhythm and routine, they have enough energy, not only to get through the day, but to thrive. And also what do you say yes to? What do you say no to? And if you you feel the pressure to say yes to everything, they're just not going to be performing uh, at their highest level. But I think on the other sense, like Julie's saying, Make sure that they engage. When they mm-hmm. engage, you feel close to them. I was chatting with a five recently, and he's taking a huge risk right now. He doesn't know how it's going to turn out, but he yeah. knows that God has called him to this unique thing with this unique group of people, and I'm just so proud of him. So I think if you have a five in your life, affirm them for taking a risk. Yeah. They don't know how it's going to turn out. They don't have a big script for this thing. And I just went, man, I, your faith is contagious right now because that's a bigger step than it would have been for me to just try to figure it out on the fly. So yeah. I think we can affirm as well. And, and the last thing, maybe just offer your heart to us. Um, sometimes fives can be called detached, but just uh-huh. kind of like, no, like 
how does that make you feel? I'm coaching a five right now. And I have to say, no, no, no. How, how did our last coaching session make you feel? feel what emotion yes. were you feeling afterwards? Not that yeah. was good or thank you for these three thoughts. How did you feel after that? Yeah. We broke through, broke the ice after that question. Yeah. Cause they're probably going to lean into more of the data and information you provided them. Oh, that tool was really helpful or that book so, you recommended. I read that, but you're not, you're not getting to that heart level. Again, it goes back to, like you said, Julie, at the beginning, our go-to for the five, six and sevens, the default is going to be more the head. It's not to say they can't feel what's going on in their heart. We might just have to lean into that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So, and our, our fives um, will have a feeling, have an emotion, but then they'll let it go. Right. Cause that's, okay. that's how they can continue to, to move forward. So yep. again, like you said, it's, we're all having emotions. Every single human has emotions. Um, yep. Fives just feel more comfortable. Like I'll like, I felt that that was great. That word, that was not great. I'm going to let that go now and yep. move forward. Yeah. No, it's good. So we're talking about a, a type that has a lot of rhythms or routines or needs them. So maybe share with us from a soul care perspective, what are some things that they should lean into? What are some things that they should be aware of that they just are going to have a little bit more of a challenge leaning into? So I would say part of soul care in close relationships, because fives are more likely to have um, close relationships and not like I'm just casual friends with everybody. Yeah. So I would say let the people who are close to you really know you like okay help them understand you so telling your buddy hey i am going to show up at your party tonight but i'm not going to stay long i'm probably going to leave early it has nothing to do with you like just like let people know and then that way when everybody's like hey where did so and so go you know oh, yeah. they were just here yeah. they snuck out they're at yeah. home they're watching yeah. a movie yeah. you know they're doing what they need to do but if you let people in if you help people understand you, um, then that is just very helpful in relationships. And who doesn't want to be understood, right? Who yeah, doesn't want to feel understood? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I would also say, because fives tend to be very practical, mm -hmm. is sometimes uh, allow yourself to have a creature comfort, right? Something okay. that doesn't make sense yeah. or something that's not an absolute necessity or something that seems frivolous. Like, yeah to allow yourself that um, just because there are many good things in life. Right. And we don't need all of them, but there are things that can help enhance life or just give yourself a treat. Right. Yeah. And you don't necessarily always have to justify it. <laughs> yeah. Buy exactly. that, buy that Snuggie on a yeah. cold day. <laughs> buy the Snuggie. Why not? I, we know <laughs> you're listening and watching this and you want to. Yeah. So it's yeah. time. It's time to, exactly. to lay down 30 bucks for your yeah. future company. Yeah. Or even just three easy payments of 1099 each. That would be even easier. <laughs> That's right. Just watch well, the, TV. The they would have done their research. Just pay for it in full. But, I, yeah. I was going to say oh, they would have yes. done their research and said, no, 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 I'm paying three extra dollars over those three payments. So I'm not exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so and just to occasionally um, risk giving up some of their privacy in order to improve the closeness of their relationships. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To, yeah. to open up a little bit more. Um, yeah with people that they feel safe with. Yeah. Alan, anything you would add on the soul care space for a five that you would just encourage them to lean into? No, I, I, other than just, we, we want to see your heart. We want yeah. to know how you're feeling. We want to engage. 
And um, that's very endearing, you know, when a yeah. five will share something. This is how yeah. it felt. Uh, and so you're not a bother to us. We actually want to hear how you are feeling, how you're processing that. Uh, that brings us closer together. We can truly be, be in relationship. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of soul care uh, enters into the relational space with, with fives. And when fives yeah. show up, it's incredibly endearing. Yeah. Well, I'm super stoked to lean into the six because, as I mentioned before, I work with someone really closely um, that's a six. So, Julie, tell us all about the six. Where are they at when it comes to the, their heads? So our sixes are sometimes called the loyalist and yeah. they're sometimes called the skeptic. So therefore, my favorite title for them is the loyal skeptic yeah. because they really are both of those things. Yeah. Right? yeah. Once you can um, get once you can get them beyond their skepticism, they're all in for life. Oh, is that yes. with true statement? You'll yeah. never shake them. Yep. Yeah. 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 And and that's where you get the loyalist from because yeah. they're going to be skeptical of you. They're they're um, they're going to be skeptical of the outside world, of authority figures, of all of those things. But once somebody has gained their trust, they'll never leave. They're not going mm. anywhere. Right. Mm. No, um, so essential qualities for our sixes are really awakeness, loyalty, and commitment. Mm. They they show up and they keep showing up. They're yeah. what the, makes the world continue to run. Right. They're yeah. so so essential and needed. You just I, said something, Julie. You just said something. You said they're what the world needs to continue to run. I literally describe this person as somebody that keeps my world running. Yes. Because that's what <laughs> they they do. They keep all of it going. Yeah. Even if it's just literally like running around the planet so that it will keep <laughs> rotating, they will yeah, do that. They would. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bless their heart. Yeah. Um, what I think is awesome. I think they have the best superpower and our superpower for sixes is, is a BS detector. Ah, uh, Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So good. So good. They, yeah. they are so clued into the, mm, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't seem right. I'm not sure about what that guy said, right? They, yep. they have a well operating BS detector. And um, she does, she does that for me really well, Julie. She reads emails far differently than I read mm, them. Yes. Which is really helpful. Yeah, yes. that's good. Yeah. Yep. So basic fear is really being lost without support or guidance or not feeling safe, right? They want, and that desire is they want to feel supported. Yeah. um, They want to feel grounded. They want to be safe. Yeah. And that they might have three or they might have three or four locks on the front door of their apartment, possibly. Right. Well, and it could, yeah, and and safe means so many things. It could be physical. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're the ones that actually designed the ring doorbell. They were the, they were the inventors of it. Well, you know what? I anticipate you're probably right because part of that, you know, superpower of BS detector is sixes also, they're just wired to spot the things that everybody else is missing. So you want a six, you know, walking through your building saying, what are the blind spots? What are the things that we're not seeing? Mm. You know, um, they're the ones that are going to notice, Hey, has anyone ever seen, you know, how this one corner right here behind that stairwell isn't captured by the video camera at night and it might not be leadership wise. What are we missing in this plan? This grand idea we're all excited about a great question to a six. What, what are we missing here? Mm. And then it allows them to speak into it. Sure without yeah. feeling like they're being a burden or poking yeah. holes in it. But please, would you help me see what I'm not seeing? 
Yeah. In fact, yeah. we're inviting you to the conversation yeah, because we need your superpower. We need that at the table. Yeah. 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 Right. And that is one thing that helps our sixes to, to feel that safety and guidance is when they feel heard, when, yeah. when they can point out the things that they are noticing that are missing and people like stop and listen and mm. don't shoo it away of like, no, 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 we're not talking about the negative stuff right now. We're, we're, we're dreaming. Right. Yeah. And, and we don't want to hear that. Um, but in reality, it's like, well, you can't, your dream will fall apart if you don't think about the things that could, you know, trip you up. Absolutely. So it's, it's yeah. really vital, uh, yeah, for them to good. be heard Yeah, that, that emotional drive or vice for our six is really, it's fear, but it's also a sense of, um, dread, right? Yeah. That's the thing that they're going to be combating yeah. because if you really stop to think about it, there are so many things in the world to be anxious or feel sure, fearful. Of. Sure. Like, yeah. Especially after going on Twitter. I mean, just, oh, well, that'll yeah. just make you angry. Yeah, but, terrifying. <laughs> but I mean, even like you said about your friends just walking down the street on a perfectly nice day and yeah. all of a sudden gets this image of we're going to step out in the street. My husband's going to get hit by a car. Yeah. Some people might look at that and be like, Oh my gosh, like yeah. chill out. Why would you think about all that stuff? They cannot help it. Yeah, it's literally it's, yeah, how hardwired. their brain works. Yeah. They're scanning the horizon for what can go wrong yeah. because one of the ways that they feel safe is by making a plan for what could go wrong, right? Seeing yes. what could happen and then making a plan against it. That's yeah. combating the anxiety. Yeah. Right? So they make they would probably make really, really good safety officers in workplaces and things like yeah. that as well. Fantastic. Yeah. I think so, you see a lot of sixes in in things like the military, first responders, yeah. like all, yeah. all of these kind of fields where your job is to protect other people. And you yeah. also have to be trained to, you know, maybe be suspicious or to, yeah. you know, wonder why is that that way? Or, you know, yeah. has anybody noticed this or that's not safe or all of that? Security, yeah. security plans. Yeah. Yeah. Plans, those yeah. Okay. Yeah. So talk to us then about their relationships, um, because if they live in fear all the time, I can imagine that's probably going to be a challenge sometimes relationally, but it's also going to be they're aware of things that could maybe sabotage the relationship. So it's a positive. So maybe walk us through some of their strengths and things they should pay attention to. Well, I would say our sixes are also um, truth tellers. Uh -huh. Like we talked about in the heart center, our fours are really truth, truth tellers, like for connection. And our yeah. sixes are really truth tellers for safety, because like we talked about that whole idea of the loyalist, they are going to protect themselves and their people, whoever they are loyal to and committed to. And yeah. so they're going to be more prone to um, questioning authority, remember, being less naturally trusting Yes. Um, and so inside of relationships, I mean, this could really look, this could really look very differently. So there are kind of two kinds of sixes. We have phobic sixes and counterphobic sixes. Okay. And they can look very different from each other, but that core root is the same, yeah. right? So our phobic sixes are going to come off a little more warm. They're going to be a little bit more inviting. They're a little bit more 
going to back away from the things that scare them. They're going to blindly trust their authority figure or the person that they're in relationship with because they think you're going to keep me safe. I'm going to trust you. Um, and so they come off very differently than our counterphobic sixes. They appear a little more harsh, a little more confrontational. Um, when we get to it next time, they appear a little bit more eight-like. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to push back against authority. Like, who are you? Why should I yeah. trust you? Like, yeah. you haven't proven yourself. I don't know that I can, you know, that yeah. I should obey you or or connect with you. And so, you know, those things can look very differently, but they're still both sixes. They're just operating out of that fear differently. Yeah. So in relationships, I think sixes just really want to feel supported. Mm. They, they want to feel heard. They want to feel like their concerns are being listened to. Um, and not shut down. And they really want to know they're supported. One thing I heard somebody say this once and I was like, that is amazing. Um, when a six is not, I don't know, when you can sense that something is wrong to ask them, what is it that you are seeing right now that no one else is seeing? Yeah. Okay. Right. Because they're not just anxious for no reason. Yeah. There's something going on. Right. So what is it? But noticing, stopping, and yep. saying, what is it that you are seeing right now that no one else is seeing? Yeah, that's a great question. In a marriage relationship or in a work rela- or a friendship, whatever, man, if you have a close friendship or a cl- close working relationship or a spouse, that's probably one of those tools you just should use on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. hey, is there anything you're seeing that I'm not seeing that would cause right. us to, you know, need to pay attention. That's a great question. Let them yeah. use their superpower, right? Yeah. Let them yeah. use that for good. Yeah. So, yeah. but, but they really are, our sixes really are amazing at prioritizing family, um, friends, community. Mm-hmm. Again, if, if you're in, you're in and yeah. they don't even need, they're not looking to take all the credit. Like they're going to keep showing up. They're going to stick around. They're going to do the work. They're going to keep yeah. things running. And they're not even standing around waiting for where are my accolades? Like right. who noticed yeah. me? They're yeah. just going to do it because yeah. it's the good, right, moral thing to do. And this is sort yeah. of the ideal volunteer. You think, oh, you know, I was just, you're a church I was leader, just going right? to say, Alan, small oh. group leader there. I like, I need like a hundred of you because yeah. We need small group yep. leaders that are just going to keep showing sure. up, but any, give, any area. Yeah, that's right. But give them, give them enough structure to know yep. here, here are some of the expectations. They can feel safe within it, but yep. appreciate them as well. As some yeah. of the best, um, you know, friends we've known over the years that would say they're ride or die people for yep. us. Oh yeah. We're big fans yeah. of you guys. We love you guys. Um, and, and that's from years uh, we yep. met while they were volunteering yeah. And uh, it was just incredible to watch. They just keep showing up many times, not thinking they're bringing anything special and they yeah. are low maintenance people. Once they're in, man, we need more people like that. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So good. So talk to us then about their, you know, goals that they're trying to achieve and some of the hurdles they should pay attention to. Cause immediately what I'm comes to my mind is if I'm, if I'm a little, if I'm a little bit fear bent, then it might it might be a hindrance to me getting to some of the things that I really want to get to. How do I overcome that? Yeah, I think there's that fear of stepping out and being in the spotlight even for a moment. And yep. that's often going to hold them back from some pretty exciting opportunities. So yeah. reminding them, number one, that's not a bad thing. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean you're just hungry for the spotlight. But I think affirming them to say, why don't you take this risk? It sounds yep. like 
it's it's time for that. And so sixes are not known for you know massively audacious goals. Yeah. Uh, and yet we know some sixes that really have gone for it and are really out there. So I think once they do, just say, wow, it's so impressive the way that you just keep putting it on the line for you, for your family. You are taking huge risks. So affirm them in those risks when they do have those goals and go for it. Uh, because it can be pretty hard to step out there in the spotlight for sixes who are kind of comfortable just being low maintenance and stepping in the back yeah. and which we yeah. deeply appreciate. Thank you for the faithfulness, but yeah. hey, what does the next 10% look like of you pushing beyond where you're comfortable? As someone yeah. leading, as someone leading a six, I oftentimes say to them, show me one time you've made a decision that has ruined us. Right. That was you terrible. Ha- you haven't, <laughs> right. you've yeah. never done it. So I'm, I'm going to go with your decision. I love what you've decided to do. Let's not be fearful. Let's go for it. Well, and that's, You're good that's at awesome it. because we mirror out what we experience in, right? Uh-huh. So some of the six's hesitancy to trust other people or to trust outsiders is yeah. because they also have a very hard time trusting themselves. Am yeah. I going to make the right decision? Am I going to yeah. do the right thing? What if I pick this and then something bad happens? You know, so I think part of that learning to achieve your own goals is learning to trust yourself. Like sixes like to collect information from a lot of people. They they talk about, you know, kind of asking the committee, like, Mm -hmm. this is what I think I should do. But first, I'm going to check with these seven people to think to see if they also agree. (laughs) And so just pausing and trusting yourself. Yeah. Knowing that, like you said, I haven't tanked us yet. So. I'm just going to lean in and for sixes to know that it's okay to collect um, opinions and information from other people, but ultimately to remember to um, trust themselves and to make decisions, right? Follow your your intuition. They have good intuition. They just need to learn to trust it. Yeah. Um, So help us, help us understand some of the rhythms and practices and things that they need to really pay attention to and lean into when it comes to caring for their inner life, that soul care, you know, tending to the garden of their inner life. What does that look like for a six? So I heard a really great one the other day that I think fits this perfectly. I think because sixes have a tendency to think about what could go wrong. Yeah. um, We can't, shut something off by denying that it's our reality, right? So the goal is not um, to never think about what will go wrong. That's, that's not, that's not um, realistic. Realistic. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. So giving yourself permission to catastrophize for a Mm -hmm. certain amount of time, right? So I'm going to, I'm thinking about stepping into the road. I'm thinking about my husband getting hit by the car. So I'm going to let myself for the next 30 seconds go there. We're, we're going to yeah. go there. He just got smashed by a semi. We're on the, we're in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. What's going to happen yeah. to our kids? Like give yourself permission so right? <laughs> but give yourself, because you're fighting it, right? Yeah, the anxiety yeah. is building it yeah. because you're thinking it, but you're trying not to. So yeah. give yourself permission to go there. Just think about all the things. And then your little timer goes off and say, okay, I just spent a whole minute going down that road. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, switch course here and we're going to continue our walk and we're going to have a beautiful rest of the afternoon. I'm going to let it go, but you have, but also I think it's easier to let go when you first give yourself a little bit of permission. It's like when somebody is fighting, you know, grief or something that's hard or difficult, 
give yourself time to be sad. Don't just immediately rush to let's make it better. Let's make it better. Right. Like let yourself catastrophize for a little bit. Um, Your timer goes off and you move on. Right. I think it's also helpful for sixes to create maybe a happy place in their mind that they can Uh go to when they need to combat anxieties. Yeah. That can definitely, you know, be some good soul care right, right there. Um, and also to have some adventure, like to initiate adventure, but don't over plan it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a tendency to you're overplaying the fun out of it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So have an adventure, you know what, go on that hike and just bring a water bottle and a granola bar. Okay. Don't worry about the space blanket and the toilet paper and the (laughs) shovel and the tarp and the, you know, just say I'm going to do a 30 minute hike in the woods. I got a water bottle and a, you know, granola bar and just go for it. Right. Just write your name in the book at the head of the trail. You That's don't right. need to contact the emergency services to let oh, them know you're going. I do have to say, <laughs> I, I heard something that made so much sense um, when it came to sixes and COVID yeah. and global pandemic. And yes. I heard a six say, you know, when all of this was first hitting and everyone was running to the grocery store and they were, you know, selling out of toilet paper was gone and the Clorox wipes and the, you know, the dry goods and all that kind of stuff. The six said, I was sitting at home, not worried yeah. about it at all because I always have, have those 24 things. rolls of toilet paper downstairs, 10 yes. jugs of water in my basement, yeah. Yeah. you know, extra batteries, flashlights. Yeah. Like I did not need to go stock yeah. up and like, for this global pandemic. Told y'all. Because yeah, told y'all exactly. this kind of stuff yeah. comes. It's like, why Every wouldn't, hundred years, dog. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you always have bulk supplies in your house yeah. Yeah. or anything? Yeah, yeah. So there may be possibly a chance that they could feel a little bit superior to others in these areas if they're not careful. They might have to Well, pay we talk about that. how, oh, when something goes wrong, how do our sixes handle it? They must feel so afraid. But the reality is, I think because they're always thinking that things could go wrong, when yes. something actually does go wrong, it's the rest of us who freak out and they're leaning back thinking, I knew this could happen and I already have a plan. Yeah. So yeah. you guys can freak out about it. I'm yeah. going to sit here and say, ah, you know, I told you I so. Got it. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. You can come to my house when you run out of toilet paper because I got enough. Yeah, yeah totally. totally. I, I would say in terms of a soul level as well, yeah. take those fears to God, put those mm-hmm. on paper. You can yeah. specifically pray about those. Um, there's one six that, that I was working with and I just said, name the monster under the bed. Mm. About how big is it? Exactly how scary is it? And to actually put those fears down on paper then you can pray through those. So as, as clarity goes up, overwhelm goes down. Mm-hmm. As clarity goes up, overwhelm goes down. You can clarify, this is exactly what I'm afraid of. Yep. And this actually wouldn't be that bad when I think about yep. it. And yep. then to pray over that, take that to the living God. Um, and obviously we see spaces all throughout Psalms where David is afraid and bringing those things to, mm-hmm. to God. That's quite comforting to yeah. any of us, but I, I don't know. There's just something that, that I think can work for all of us, but that's been really helpful to take those things directly to God, but you got to name them first. Yeah. I, Alan, what comes to my mind, I have a friend, I don't know whether they're a six or not, but they live and die by these three by five cards, these index cards. And they write, they name the monster under the bed, describe mm-hmm. it, whatever, pray over it. And they put it in their Bible 
and they commit it to the Lord and put it away. And when it comes back to their mind, they'll go back, pray over the card again and say, hey, no, 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 I'm putting it back. I'm giving it to the Lord. And yeah, Mm -hmm. such a good practice. Such a good practice. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, listen, I know we're running short on time, so I got to get to the seven. Um, And I'm super stoked to get to the seven because I know we've got one on the call, which is awesome. And uh, (laughs) plus, plus, let's be honest, they're the most fun. They're the most exciting. (laughs) And so that's why we all want to have one in our life. And we all need one or else our lives would be very boring. I can't say that, but I do receive that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... So tell us, and, and I'm really excited, Julie, for you to be able to share not just a little bit about the seven in general, but in, in relationships, I'm super stoked to hear. And then obviously, Alan, you've even written on this and we'll direct people mm-hmm. to, the, to the website, the resource. You've talked about yep. productivity and achieving goals for seven specifically. You've written on it. So yeah, I'm super stoked. If we've got some extra time, Great. If we have to cut it short, I totally understand. But I can just say personally that so many things about our life and our relationship made so much sense once I realized I was married to a seven. And I wish we would have had these tools and this language day one of our relationship. That's all that I'm saying. So our I always go to Alan, I go to Miyagi. I think it was from Karate Kid when Miyagi (laughs) said, So this is really, really profound, as you can imagine but the teacher will appear when the student is ready. Mm. And so often in life, I have said, I don't know how many times I'm like, oh, I so wish I had learned this back when, but if I'm being honest, I wouldn't have received it because I wasn't ready. Like I'm I'm just, I'm not speaking about you guys' situation. I'm saying for me, I read a book and I'm like in my twenties, I wasn't ready to receive this. Are you kidding? Even though I wish I had had it back then, but anyway. I do feel like we have a stewardship now because there's the the wealth of tools is immense. And so why not immerse? Obviously, if you're watching this, you believe that and you've followed us here, uh, you know, two, two episodes at least on this. So yes, I feel a stewardship that we know these things self-awareness wise. We don't have as many excuses as our parents and grandparents generation did to not know ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. All right, Julie, tell us about Alan. All right, <laughs> taking it away. Um, so sevens are usually called the Epicure or the Enthusiast, uh-huh. which is a great name. Um, essential qualities are really freedom, positivity, and joy. Mm. So the superpower for our seven is doing just that. It's bringing joy. It's experiencing many things at the same time. It's helping other people learn how to live a life of freedom. Yeah. So basic fear for our sevens is being trapped in emotional pain, right? Or losing mm. their options and their freedom. Yeah. Not in relationships, of course. They love being married to somebody and Always. losing that freedom of ever getting to date anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Story on that later. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so their basic desire is to, to be happy and free. And that emotional drive or vice for our sevens is gluttony. So this is really just about wanting to fill themselves up with all the things that are good. And so that insatiable nature of like, you know, that 
food all was the things good. that I are good more that drink was good I want to drink more yeah. you know climbing that mountain was awesome I'm going to climb all the mountains it's just yeah. you know that adrenaline so instead of contentment afterwards because you had an amazing night what's next all you want to do is actually go oh, there's time for an after party and yeah. what about tomorrow night when's the next time we're coming over so it actually what it should do it doesn't yeah. um because that gluttony it's and it's real obviously in terms of food even like I used to just eat until I felt sick. And I thought yeah. that's when everyone stopped eating. Turns out other people just stopped like before. <laughs> but it was like, oh, wow. You know, and old yeah. Alan comes out once in a while, he like ate desserts at a party and leaves yeah. like, terrible. <laughs> right. Yeah. And go, nope, I'm right, working because out tomorrow. It's about, some, it's about the sense of, of filling themselves up with all the things good, but it's also the sense of don't limit me. So if there are eight desserts at the party, I want to try all eight at them. Don't tell me I just have to pick one. It's like a sample yeah. flight situation. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes. The flight, the, the flight was designed for the seven. That's where it was designed. Yeah, don't yeah. tell me I have to pick one thing. I want to try them yeah. all. That's right. So yeah. as Alan always says, FOMO is real. Mm -hmm. Real. Diagnosable. Yeah. yeah. And you could see patterns of if it, with all of us with any type of what we looked like as kids, as teens, in our yes. 20s, what we look like, you know, later in adulthood. So I, I've had some people say, you know, oh, I'm hearing certain things about a number that may sound true, but I'm not really sure. And I usually tell them, think about yourself at 20. Yeah. Were these things, would this have described you at 20? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm like, well, yeah. our number doesn't change. We yeah. mature. Right. Yeah. Hopefully and we also get more limitations, which provides more opportunity for maturity, mm -hmm. but without limits. Right. Sevens are often called the raging seven, you know, where it's yeah, just like, yeah. OK, when you were at that spot where yeah. you were capital C crazy. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, that's what we're talking about. Not when you have four kids and, you know, yeah. time and money are limited, all those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. So, so our sevens are very like forward driven. It's yeah. um, dreaming future possibilities. Um, and that could be planning towards, you know, adventures or events. It could be, you know, wanting to build an, ama an amazing legacy. They have a great way of bringing people together in order mm -hmm. to do big things, helping other people realize their dreams because yeah. sevens believe they can do it. Yeah. Whatever they dream, they believe they can do it. And therefore, whatever other people dream, they want to help them believe that they can do it too, right? They're just yeah. great optimists when it comes mm. to that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. awesome. Helping the future happen is what I get yeah. to do during coaching. Yeah. And to, to say, here's your dream. How do we chop that off, you know, one little moment at a time and make sure that we build that path for you to be able to, to do that? A couple of funny things earlier, I said, so... Julie, um, not like in a bad way, and I would never do this, but like, do you ever like wonder if the police tried to track, track you down, if you could just like disappear off somewhere and never be found? And She's I was like, like, I've never thought about that. I've never <laughs> thought of that. Like, oh, because I haven't either. And, yeah. and I was like, I'm not thinking about leaving you guys, but like, you, you've never thought about that? Like so just some, get away. some of the things you think are normal, like, oh, wait a minute. And then... Um, Sevens have a complicated relationship with success. So it's really yeah. interesting that sevens can be very successful, but behind it, uh, it's not for notoriety. It's not for the money. It's often, if I make enough money, if I have enough success, maybe that will buy me freedom to not yeah. have to work. And I, yes. I knew that to the time I was 13 years old. I remember saying, 
I would work a ton, but I'd say, I don't work so that I can have a ton of money. I don't even remember what I spent it on as a kid. Money yeah. equals freedom. I work yeah. because this allows me, this buys me freedom to be able to do this. And I had language for it, but now yeah. the Enneagram is that ritual. And so sevens have a complicated relationship with success. The moment of a promotion. And I felt this many times, the moment of, hey, you've arrived into this or you pulled this big thing off. Now you feel the weight of expectation that mm-hmm. others are going to smush you into their schedule. And yep. um, hence things I talked to my counselor about. But yes. you can feel yes. very much And even, even when it comes to leadership, like you tend to see a lot of threes and sevens and eights in leadership because yes. they are very driven. But um, typically our sevens don't want to be the top guy. Because when you're the top guy, you have a lot of responsibilities. You can't just take off. You know, when you have a bunch of people that you are managing, yeah. then that limits your freedom. You can't go on a trip options. on Tuesday. Yeah. 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 So they would yeah. rather be the guy who can, you know, work at their own pace, work from the coffee shop, work, work from the office, you know, move around, do whatever, get the job done, and then go play, yeah. not have to, you know, then I got to lead over this person. Then I got to have a meeting with this person. That feels very limiting. COVID was hard for everybody, but I think some of the escape valve was taken away um, for sevens. And so I was on a call with a network that I'm part of. And um, there were maybe four or five of us that were kind of known seven. Sevens aren't too much of a, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just they don't hide up. they don't hide well <laughs> and it was like they tend to like party over in the corner right when are we gonna yeah, talk yeah. those but yeah, yeah. over zoom it was like <laughs> hey can we break up into a little zoom room here just to do like a seven check-in how you doing yeah and uh many of them are speakers uh writers go to different places and our escape valve was taken away and so without yeah. the without the enneagram i would not have known that the escape valve was actually what i was grieving we lost a yeah. lot at the beginning of covid but actually yeah. the hardest thing for me was a fly fishing trip that yeah. I lost. Yeah. And so it felt weird to say that almost irresponsible to say, well, this is actually the hardest thing for me. But I remember the day I had to call somebody and say, I just can't justify spending the money to go do this. And yeah. that was very, very tough. So I think losing that escape valve made yeah. me and a lot of other sevens have to deal with the fact that do not escape, but engage. And yeah. I tell myself like, don't escape, but engage some dance to remember, some dance to forget, but just make yep. sure that we're dancing to remember, not to forget. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. You you guys, I'm just going to be completely transparent. You're messing with me right now because as you're talking, <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, there's a lot of seven in me. And um, yeah, we so can. You, you we think can. about you think about the idea of like people would not look at sevens and think that they were part of um, the fear you know, yeah. kind of triad. Yes. So fear for sevens is really about like they, they, they keep moving forward towards fun, optimistic, positive things yes. because it is running away from the fear or anxiety or the things that might make them feel trapped. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I heard someone say recently, no offense to anybody, but there are a lot of sevens in prison. Mm. because the bigger the pain, the bigger thing you have to do to hide or run away from it, right? Or eat. Or eat, yes, the bigger thing you have to eat, right? And so um, threes and sevens are lookalike types. And so it really, like taking the work to figure out where is my go-to battle? Is it with shame or is it with fear? Yeah. Um, 
Alan, what would you say about fear? Because sevens do not look fearful on yeah. the outside. Yeah, we have this phantom of uh, fear underneath it, or yeah. you know, perhaps it's something that's always been there, but the Enneagram helps to name it. And I would have said, I'm not a fearful person. And that may be true uh, overall yeah. in that I don't act deeply uh, out of fear a bunch. I don't uh, meditate on things all the time. And I certainly don't look afraid, but there's this underlying lowercase a anxiety yeah. that underneath it, what if I can't get to the future? What if this isn't true? What if retirement doesn't happen? Like these are things that the seven, it feels very shameful to admit these things because we're the life of the party. And also mm -hmm. sometimes there's that deep pressure of what if I can't bring the fun? What if I can't help this person uh, and fix this person out of their pain? When reality, I'm not thinking about them. I'm trying to fix them out of their pain so I don't have to yeah. hear about it anymore. Yeah. So absolutely, there's anxiety under the surface that we've hidden very well, maybe in a charming way. And I'm telling you, it is powerful when you deal with it. And when a seven grieves, serious spiritual work happens. Yeah, that's a great statement. When a seven grieves, serious spiritual work happens. So good. Well, I know we could we could talk about sevens for a long time, so we got to begin to wrap this up. But Julie, talk to us about marriage, relationships, both being in marriage, relationship with this the seven. Personal <laughs> I feel like we're now in a counseling therapy you're session. A, you're maybe. A therapist. <laughs> Thanks for turning the record button off. So I... <laughs> Um, Alan proposed to me by spontaneously skydiving. Nice. Like essentially That's, threw me out of an airplane. Of course And I he used did. to think, yes, of course he did. And I used to think like that could, spontaneously skydiving, like who does that? No, nobody does that. It was one of those conversations where when everyone's going around sharing their proposal story, yeah. I'd almost get a little bit of dread in my stomach because I'd think, oh, as soon as I share mine, no one after me is going to want to share yeah. theirs. It's <laughs> the old, uh, well, I walked on the moon, Brian Regan <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> statement. Well, I walked totally. on the moon. Yeah. Reflecting back now, I'm like, of course, of course we went skydiving to get engaged because yeah. Sevens want everything to be a big deal and a yeah. you know, like big and special. Yeah. Side note, he had no backup plan for if the weather didn't work and the skydiving didn't happen. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but sevens, they're fun and they're spontaneous. So that can bring a lot of joy and, yeah. you know, just great spark and adventure into relationships. And depending on, you know, what the other type is in the relationship with the seven, um, that can go really great or it could yes. be frustrating, right? Yeah. Because even if you look at our fives and sixes who are more prone to wanting routine, they want to be prepared. They want to know what to expect. They want to do things the same way, you know, generally. And our sevens want to shake things up. I want to do it different every time. I want to, yeah. you know, be spontaneous. I want to, so, um, People have asked me before, like, oh, what two numbers should never get married or what two yeah. numbers shouldn't work together or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, no, eh, that's a, that's the wrong question, because I yes. think any, any, literally any numbers operating in health can have a yeah. wonderful relationship with any other number operating. Absolutely. In health, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I'll just tell, tell myself here and I think other sevens, that whole spontaneous thing sounds great, but once you're married and have kids, it just doesn't work. Yeah, And so I, I have to have certain blocks where I can be spontaneous and I can have yeah. freedom. But 
like a, we have a little meeting on Sunday nights where we walk through our calendar for the week. We have six yeah. humans trying to live on the same clock in the same place. And that's very grounding for me. So a lot of the routines, the habits, the rhythms that I've learned that I would have told you I, I hate doing or I really yeah. resist, I yeah. actually need them, but I think I don't need them. And yeah. I don't want them maybe, but I need them. So that's been really important because I realized I can quickly spin our family out. Um, and what really we need to know is what's going on next. What yeah. do we have for this week? And so we talk a lot. Do you have any expectations for today? Has yeah. been a game-changing question for us because for me, yes. Like I want to go do bad <laughs> adventures, but yeah. I don't like want the family to be hurt because of that. Or what about this? Yeah. So that's been so helpful to say, yeah. do you mind if I get up tomorrow morning and go for a hike? And sometimes yeah. I will literally go hike to a cliff, do a pour over coffee. I'll come back and like, I don't care if she's sleeping in or having a morning with the kids at the house or whatever. But when she gives me that space and freedom to do that, it's so helpful. But I would just ironically say, leaning away from spontaneity most times in the week into rhythms is so grounding for a seven and give yourself little spots of spontaneity within the week. Yeah. And I, and I would that. also encourage like for those who are in relationship with sevens, yeah, I would say um, give them as much freedom as you can yes. and try to avoid telling them what to do. Now yeah. that can't always be avoided. Because sometimes sure. I just need to tell him what to do. But um, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> to, to try to avoid doing that too much. And then on the flip side, for our sevens in relationship, um, sometimes life is painful. Sometimes mm. hard things happen. Um, sometimes there's conflict. Sometimes there's pain. Sometimes there's loss. Um, and learning that you can lean into it and you won't die. Yeah. Right. Like you, you can pause, lean into your own pain, lean into your loved one's pain um, and let just let that happen without having to quickly move on to fix it or make it OK. Right. That's yeah. that's a learning curve for all of us, but especially for our sevens, because it makes them feel panicky. Right. Like, yeah, like, uh oh, pain's coming. Like, what can I do? How can I fix it? And sometimes we just need to like pause. It's going to happen. So just yeah. let yourself feel it. Yeah, no, it's good. Alan, I know you've written a lot on this, um, so I don't want you to go through your entire white paper on the on the seven because I, I we will uh, direct people to the content on your website, and I think it's super helpful. But would you have two or three things you'd say to a seven right out of the gate when it comes to goals? You better pay attention to these things. Yeah, yeah. Build a pathway to your goals. Sevens are, uh -huh. are largely going to have big goals, also known as dreams, if there's yes. not a deadline attached to them or a way to, to accomplish those. Yep. So I think just building that intermediate bridge so that it is not just some fairy tale on the other side. It's yeah. incredibly powerful. Uh, and I would just say I don't see any way around doing the work of having a routine for each day, planning yep. ahead, and actually being gathered or grounded. Because I think a grounded seven is a powerful seven. Yeah. And okay. what you think the world wants of you is to be that, hey, fun, which actually is the person that annoys me the most is an ungrounded yeah. seven because I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to yeah. escape the expectation of the world. You're being flaky. And I've told Julius before, I'm probably most judgmental of a, a grounded seven that never grew up or an, an yeah. ungrounded seven who's flaky and never grew he up. He knows so, what's going on behind the curtain. Where right? I just yeah. go, don't be afraid to be vulnerable or lean in or, you know, yeah. it's okay. You only feel trapped for a second. So I think rhythm and routine are huge. 
Sabbath again for everybody, right? That's the yes. silver bullet here for yeah. spiritual formation and soul care, but also just solitude. Our brains mm-hmm. run at 1.5, 1.8, 2, 2.3 speed. I yeah. listen to podcasts at one at one and a half in speed. And she says, how do you do that? Well, reality is I <laughs> like, can't It makes do that, me feel anxious when you listen I, to it so fast. <laughs> I should not do that. And I yeah. find myself, um, you know, in my brain, if my body's moving quickly, my brain will move even quicker. If yeah. my body slows down, my brain and my heart slow down and say, Alan, what's actually going on? And yeah. the Lord will speak to me in those moments. And so a walking has been a huge thing for me at three miles an hour, the cadence of just mm-hmm. walking home. Anytime I walk to the office and home and that was life giving for me to walk and also to just grieve the things I was losing during COVID. Um, so I think for a seven, that's incredibly powerful. Uh, feels painful if you're listening to this going, mm-hmm. Oh no, but I did write uh, the resource you're referring to as an Enneagram sevens guide to adulting. Yes. So if you are interested in this, it's quick. And we had several hundred folks, um, either download it or download it for their family member and send it. So you could just shoot me an email at yeah. hello at stayforth.com. Hello at S-T-A-Y-F-O-R-T-H.com. Be glad to send it to you for free. Perko, feel free to put that in the show yeah. notes as well. Yeah. And link to that. So, and I would add one last thing to Seven's Achieving Goals is staying present with each goal and finish one thing before you start the next one. Oh, right. so good, Julie. So good. Before you start the next Yeah. Day. So, so shall good. we finish up with some soul care? Yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> um, all right. So I would say work on staying present in the moment because sevens yep. are very future. Right? Living in their yep. head. What's going to happen? What's the next thing? To pause, to slow down, to be in the moment, get into nature, right? Mm. Experience beauty take pictures of your food <laughs> every single time. I tease Alan and our, our 16 year old daughter is also a seven. And yeah. they, those two, when you're like driving down a mountain road, they'll be like, Oh my gosh, stop the car. Cause they have to yeah. go take a picture of the beautiful view or, yeah. you know, Alan cannot make a gorgeous meal without like taking a picture of it for, because they have tacos. Yes. Because yeah. there's this eye and sense for like, beauty and creativity. Yeah. So if that fuels you, then do it. Like go yeah. up into the mountains, go to the beach, take beautiful pictures, um, you know, eat beautiful food, experience those things that kind of, you know, give you amazing sensations. But to really learn how to pause, to have quiet moments, um, and to breathe and stay stay grounded in the present and Mm. and try to avoid your mind just escaping to the future all the time, but just having some time to commune with God in, in a moment, you know, with Alan's pour over coffee on the side of a mountain, you know, looking at the beautiful view. Yeah. Um, And And just delighting, delighting in God's goodness in that moment. Mm -hmm. And just being like, dang, you created these incredible beans that not only give us energy, but they taste phenomenal. And then yes. you give me this incredible <laughs> view to be able to enjoy this in, like how crazy generous and kind you are to us yep. as mere mortals, you know? And that's often a gift of the seven, right? Is, is abundance. Yeah. And yeah. so just to say, enjoy, but the op- the opposite side, spiritual formation and soul care, temperance. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, I don't even, I bristle at the word, uh, but fasting <laughs> of, from anything, right? Yeah. Uh, fasting from anything to say that 
I'm going to deny myself things that I want, but I, I don't need. And so um, even little things keep me really sharp. I've been um, recently doing intermittent fasting and just saying like, uh-huh. it just feels normal to eat three meals a day, but uh, let me just stretch this a little bit and see, and I've actually remained so much sharper um, yeah. in that. And then I enjoy my meals so much more because yeah. they're it's just, you know, a privilege, not, not a right. So temperance yeah. uh, and uh, again, time by yourself where your brain mm-hmm. stops spinning and the Lord can speak to us because our brains are always moving too quickly to see yeah. what God may want to show me in a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's so good. Such good stuff, guys. Thank you for um, taking the time to unpack this triad of the head center and all of these different types that we've discussed. And I'm so grateful that you guys have such a <clears throat> an appreciation for the strengths and and the ability for each of the types to be able to work together. One of my big things that I heard today, I love this, Julie, is that don't ask the question, which types shouldn't work together or shouldn't be married or in relationship or whatever, because every type in a healthy spot can actually do really well with any other type. And I think that that's a big key. You know, God wants us to be in relationships. He doesn't want us to avoid relationships. He's never, he hasn't designed anyone to not be able to be in relationship with another. And so I think that's so good. So yeah, good. We, we need every type of person, right? Like yeah. God created us to desire and need relationship with each other, even for survival. We need it. We have to have it. But he also very specifically made us all differently. Yeah. Um, and, and that's an important part of, of who we are. And so the world would not be a better place if everyone was just two different numbers. Like yes. we really need nine different personality types to make the world keep going and, and to cover all of our blind spots. Yeah, absolutely. Shut, 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 shut. We focus so long.